Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Ramble, back again. And uh, this is the House of Ephraim show. Do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope, are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope, is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in this show. It's Mark Reinbolt. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois, out what we call lovingly the Corn Patch. And you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God and I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material. Not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service, and we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity. Again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that. 
and you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about, and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call, 618-262-2810, and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deggert. Now, I'm going to name this Learning to Live in the Miraculous. And the, and the reason that, that God is really, really, really being tough with me right now about this, and, and it's hard for me because I've lived most of the 30 years that I've served the Lord God in the miraculous. I understand. I understand what it is to, to move things that are, that are in my way from storms to making it rain for not, and keeping it from raining, uh, doing the things that God has told me to do for the years that I've served Him, and understanding that God is miraculously. And as we go through this, uh, I'm going to share uh, as many of those things as I can, as I can uh, during this, this time of teaching of this uh, particular uh, set of scriptures that God's going to give me. But in order to understand the miraculous, we first have to understand that that's what this book is. The Holy Scriptures uh, is the miraculous. This, this is about a supernatural God that loved His people, His chosen people, and He chose Israel from among all nations, and, and He said that you shall be my nation and I shall be your God. And the miraculous in which God shows in these Scriptures is to let us understand, and folks, it is to bring us to the place where we are today. And that's what this is about. This is the entire thing of this, this Bible, these scriptures, and bless God, the generations that have been on the face of this earth has all come to this pointed place in time that you and I live in. That we are now in a time that the church has never seen, has never known, nor were they to know. You were chosen by God to, to be here on this earth at this time that you might please Him, you might serve Him, you might dedicate your life to Him, but you need to understand, unless you can live in the miraculous, you're not going to make it in these last days. Now the church said, well, I know all about the miraculous. And I said, well, uh, you know, well, then if you do, tell me, what, what, what have you seen? What have you done? What's been part of your life that you can say, oh, this was really, or this was really a miraculous thing in which God did? I think times and points and places, there's many times that we can say, well, this is miraculous or that's miraculous, but the the key to this thing is to understand what God is really saying and why God has had this all set in order, as He always sets everything in order. And now we are now about to become accountable for everything that, that came from the time that He said, let there be light, and to the time that we stand here today on the face of this earth. As I told you, we are coming into a time, uh, and, and when the, that big tsunami took place over there um, in Indonesia, God told me you prophesy that this is now the beginning of sorrows. You prophesy that with this plague, that that 
horse now has ridden, the horse of death, the horse of destruction, the horse of war, is now has ridden across this land. And since that time that I prophesied this, all hell has broken across this earth everywhere, from, from, uh, from earthquakes to tornadoes to hurricanes to floods. It's all happening, sicknesses. And now they're beginning to talk about different types of sicknesses now that they're beginning to discover that's come, this just seems to be popping up here and popping up there. These are all signs that we are coming to. And like I said, and like I told the people when I was up in Milwaukee, this time that we enter into is going to change not only the church, it's going to change the world, and we will never be the same again. You know, they said, well, the United States will never be the same again after 9-1-1. And I was sitting there, and I listened to all that, and God said, they don't know what they're talking about. And he said, you know, the old adage, they ain't seen nothing yet. And the fact of it is, folks, we haven't seen anything yet as to what God is about to bring to this earth. Now, I want to start with in John the 14th chapter because this is a, this is this is unique in itself. Because when you begin to to study and you begin to realize that God is doing things, and we you know we have argued scriptures for how many how many centuries about this and that. And I know as a prophet of God traveling this earth, I know the things that I have said to the people is this right here. In that, in the twelfth, in the twelfth uh, verse, fourteenth chapter of John, it simply says, "Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall be shall he do, because I go unto my Father." Now listen to thirteen. And whatsoever ye shall ask, the word "ask" here is is actually interpreted into the word demand. So ye uh, shall demand in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Now we have watched and 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 looked very closely. And as I said, as I travel this world, the thing that I scream at the top of my lungs is, we're not even working the works. So what about the greater works? What, how's this going to happen? When's it going to take place? What, what's going to constitute this to even to begin in the life of the church? And honestly, the church somehow believes that if they just keep falling down on the floor and keep praising God, that sooner or later this anointing is going to fall down on top of them, and all of a sudden we're going to be working not only the works, but the greater works. And I'm going to tell you something. If that happens, God will go back and apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah, because he would have to, because that's not the way that God is consistent in the way that he does things in the past and or in the presence in which we live today. There is, a, there is a role in which God is playing. Now, those of us that are Messianic have no problem of understanding part of the reasons why the church can never work the works of God, work the works of God. because the fact that we didn't keep what? The commandments. We didn't keep the law. Now that we have been, what, our eyes have been opened, uh, the, uh, the scales have fallen from our eyes, now we're beginning to see something, that bless God, that is about to change not only not only the church, but is about to change the world itself. We are now bringing ourselves into that place of being able to say once again to the believers, to the believers, that the children of God, that yes, you are going to do everything that Yeshua, the Son of Almighty God, did on this earth, and you are even going to do greater things. Now, why do I say that? Because we are entering into the time, and we're entering into a time of great trouble, great stress, great distress, 
address on the face of this earth. And as I keep prophesying and saying, and I over over that, over that radio station that I was on uh, out of Wichita with with uh, Pastor Dan last night that covers uh, and he tell me that uh, he whatever that ham radio band goes around the world covers. And I told him then the same thing. I said we are entering into that time when we must learn to live in the miraculous because that's what that's what God has built this all up to to this point. And as we begin to read this and begin to understand this, then we can know that God truly is going to bring us now into that place. Because why? Because, folks, it's not going to be just as simple as it has been to call the prophet. It's not going to be as simple as it has been to come to the meetings where the prophet is in, in and, and received by the power of the anointing. It's not going to be as simple as that in the days that lie ahead. And that's the reason that, that I have said for years and years and years upon years, you must know who the Lord God is for yourself. You must know who He is. You must serve Him with everything that's on the inside of you. You must serve Him as though you're digging and, and, and trying to find, find silver and fine gold out here in this parking lot. That's the way you're going to have to seek after God, or it's not going to work. And, and folks, I'm going to tell you something. The thing that troubles me as a prophet the most is the fact that people, I don't see people after this thing as though they should be on fire for Him. What I see is people nonchalantly going around going, Oh, hum, well, the blood of Jesus is going to cover. You know, I got kind of got into that uh, up there in the um, last meeting I was in. They got saying, well, we just pled the blood of Jesus. And I said to one of them, I said, I'm going to tell you something. You need to go back and study about pleading the blood of Jesus. You start to get around the devil to, uh, to, to bind him up by pleading the blood of Jesus. I said, hey, he'll smack you right in the mouth. In fact, Stephen has a real story that, that uh, he told me about a brother down in Barbados that has had a, a, a real decent healing ministry, an anointing that God had put in his life for healing. But he didn't have a ministry for, for uh, deliverance or casting out of devils, and, and he was big on, on I, you know, I cover you, you know, I'm covered with the blood of Jesus, and I bind you, devil, and, and the blood of Jesus, with the blood of Jesus, oh, I plead the blood of Jesus over that. He pulled that one night, and this guy worked him over so bad that it's caused him to go blind. Beat him so bad that he went blind, trying to use the blood of Jesus. Again, the blood of Jesus was only given, Yeshua's blood was only shed, that we might get to heaven, which is eternal life, and which, brothers and sisters, as I keep saying over and over, over again is everything. The problem that the church has never been able to understand is we ain't needing our ticket to heaven yet. We've got it because he shed the blood and he did what he did, came and did. The fact of it is we still have to live here on this earth until we use that which he did to take us into eternal life through the acceptance of him as the Son of God. It's that simple. But the church somehow believed that, that there was some kind of a miraculous uh, change that came. And, of course, then we got into the thing, well, then he's now become the new covenant, and now we're in a new covenant, and we don't need the old covenant, and then that divided everything up, and everybody got uh, got loopy about the whole thing, and the next thing you knew, we're running around here, and we're playing church, and we're pray playing religion, and we ain't got the Holy Ghost even within a thousand miles where we're having services. And that's what went wrong. We got ourselves into a position. Now we don't know what to do about changing the position. And we don't know when, when we need to change it, how we need to change it, or anything else. But here's what God is saying. Now's the time. He Now's the time. God said, tell the people to seek me. To seek me with all they have. Seek me through fasting and through prayer with all that's within their beings. Why? Because it's going to be in the difference between living and it's going to be the difference between dying. Now, let's go to the book of Revelation. And in the 
13th chapter, and we're going to touch here, and we're not going to go, go into any great depths into this because I've got too much material that I'm going to have to cover, but I want you to get in the 13th chapter, and, and we're going to read down through here. Uh, Come here. Where am I at? Here we go. 13th chapter, the first verse. And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And I don't think there's a problem with getting into I think everybody should at least study enough to know who we assume or presume that, that, that we're talking about here. And the beast which I saw was likened to a leopard, and his feet were the feet of a bear, and his mouth the mouth of a lion, and the, and the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. And I saw one of his heads as it was wounded into death, and his deadly wound was healed, and uh, all the world wandered after the beast. And they worshipped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And there was great, given to him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given to him to continue forty and two months. And he opened his mouth and blaspheme against God, to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. Now, I want to stop there because what you need to understand is we are actually are talking here, and I think everybody can agree, about the, the three and a half years of, of tribulation that's coming to this earth. There's going to be actually seven years of that tribulation, but here we're talking about the, the first three and a half years that he's going to get himself, or this three and a half year period that he's going to set himself anyway into this, and he's going to begin to blaspheme God. Now, I, I think it's important that you understand, because, you know, I'm, I've had a lot of people, a lot of people just absolutely, it scares the socks off of them to believe a man, a piece of flesh and blood, can absolutely direct and speak and, and, and things happen in the name of Yeshua, okay, of things like which I do. It, it scares people, and I've had people say, oh, th those could be those lying signs and wonders, you know, this could be, this guy could be uh, part of the Antichrist spirit and all this kind of stuff. And I'm going to tell you the same thing I've told them for years. No, it can't be, because I'm not blaspheming God. I'm not blaspheming uh, the, the people of God. I'm not blaspheming the temple. I'm not blaspheming His name, okay? The, uh, and so you have to understand that that's the way that you're going to know this thing. This, the, the Antichrist, uh, the, the false prophet and the Antichrist are not going to glorify the living God, Yahweh, are not going to do that. They are going, and, and if you look at the world and where we're at right now, God does not seem to be in the picture. And the reason God doesn't seem to be in the picture is because the world has turned loose of God. And now we've brought ourselves to such a dimension, such a dimension, as I, as I did that, that piece of prophetic ministry that I did years ago about building the, the Tower of Babel being rebuilt because of the computer age. And now that we have now, we can speak all the same language, there's nothing that we can't accomplish and we can become God. And now we're out here with gene splicing, out here with cloning. And as I said, the government's not telling you everything that's going on. I'll guarantee you they're not telling you everything's going on. I know by the, I know by the visions that God brings to me that they have cloned monsters and, they're trying, and now they don't know what to do with them. And they, they got everything out of order. And that's when I stood in the holy place and I prophesied, as I prophesied to you tonight, we will never be let become God. God will not permit that. 
we have now walked into an era, we have now walked into one of the most dangerous places for mankind that mankind has ever treaded upon, other than when mankind first built the Tower of Babel. And now we have rebuilt that tower, and now we walk into that place, and God is not going to permit us to become God. That's not going to happen. And I, you know, and I, I think I mentioned here not long ago, uh, two or three services back, where we're now seeing, and it came on TV, how you could have a designer baby now. And you could decide before that baby is born what sex that baby's going to be, what color of hair it's going to have, what color eyes it's going to have, whether it's going to be athletic or non-athletic, going to be smart. Uh, what, you can do all this now. All you got to do is just designer babies. Now, I'm here to tell you, that may sound like an answer for mankind. But there is only one Creator, and He is the Lord God Yahweh. And He is not going to set back, and He's not going to let us become that. But are we not told that that's what we've become? Absolutely. We, we have become our own God. We've become the God of this world. And we're standing back. Okay, 7 verse says, And it was given unto Him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And if you don't have that underlined in your Bible, you need to underline them. We are going to be overcome. And see, the church oh, no, we're not. Well, of course, the church thinks they're going to fly away. Now, we're going to have to touch that for a minute. The church doesn't believe that they'll even be around when this goes on. Now, why did the church teach uh, a pre-tribulation rapture? Well, I, it's very, very simple, actually. Uh, the, the, the reason the church taught that for all these years is because they couldn't tell the people what to do if they weren't going to be raptured with all this going on. So it was easier to say, oh, we're going to fly away and to sing the songs and run up and down the aisles and fall on the floor and just get happy and cry and all this because we're going to fly away, sweet Jesus, we're going to fly away. And, I, I, you know, I've said for years, unpack your flying away duds because you ain't going nowhere. You're going to be right here unless you die or God takes you off this earth. There is not going to be a rapture during that seven-year tribulation period. There's not, that's not going to happen. We're going to go through this thing. We're going to go through it together, and we're going to understand. But we are going to be overcome. Isn't that exactly what he says here? He says, now, who's he going to make war with the saints? Who are the saints? The children of God. He's going to make war with the children, and he's going to overcome them, and powers give him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. He's going to have power over everything and everybody. He's going to have that power. Now listen, and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb, slammed from the foundation of the world. Now who is that? That's the children of God. All right? Now the rest of them are going to worship him. Now here is where, as a prophet, that I'm troubled. All right? I'm troubled in my spirit. I'm troubled. If the church believes that they're going to fly away, and there's going to be a, a pre-trib rapture, and they're going to have to worry about all this, and there's not going to be, and it happens, then what are they going to do? It, now, if you're not trained, if you're not trained, let's, let's put it this way, if, 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 if the military general of some sort came in the door and they pointed at each of us here tonight in this room and said, all right, tomorrow I want you to be at such and such place, we're going to give you a gun, we're going to put you over in Iraq, and, and you're going to war. What would we say? Well, we're not trained. How could how can you send us to war? We're not trained to go to war. We we can't go to war uh, because we don't know how to shoot the guns. We don't we don't know the enemy. We don't know this. We don't know. That. It's the same thing with the church. When the church finds out, they're not going to. And, and let me ask you something. Does it look like with this plague that's coming? And by the way, today on TV on national news today, Africa is now preparing for the bird flu. 
Now, what do you suppose they're preparing for the bird flu when it's all the way over there in Asia? So we're told. What do you think they're preparing for it? Because those flyways are bringing those ducks and those geese into those down into their area, and and it's going to happen. All right. Now, 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 if this isn't close enough to a time, why would those people that are going to think that they're going to go through the tribulation period think they're going to have to go through this? This is going to be the most devastating plague that has ever come to this world. Bar nothing. Bar nothing. It's coming. Now, why isn't the church being taken off the earth? I mean, haven't we been in all those services where they said, uh, tonight could be the night that, that, that the Lord God, that we just get caught up in the air as we're dancing? You've been in those services? I have. And bless God, I'm sitting there going, well, that's nice. And you know something? It never happened, did it? Well, you don't hear anybody now. You don't hear the pre-tribulation. And like I kept saying those pre-trib boys and girls, I said, I'm going to tell you something. You're going to be careful here because the things that are getting ready to come to this earth, you're going to have to answer for this. Because if you're not going to prepare the church and the people to go through what we're into and coming to now, then you have to understand something. You're going to have to go preach harder to the fact and begin to prophesy the fact that the tribulation rapture is going to happen and they're going to be gone. Now, you know what they say to me? Well, Brother Decker, we, don't, you know, the, the, we know the three-and-a-half-year tribulation period is not going to start. That's right. You, and and I, I said for years, let me tell you something. When they rebuild that temple, and they will, they're in Jerusalem on that mount. In fact, they asked me, he said, well, how do you think we should get rid of that? I said, blow it up. Blow it up. Get dynamite and down and blow that, blow that thing off that dome of the rock and get rid of it. And then go in there and build the temple. And, they, and, see, and, and now somehow, somehow Israel thinks that this is all going to be done through diplomacy. And I'm going to tell you something. Nothing that God ever gave Israel was done through diplomacy. It was done by war. And this will be done by war. And that's the way God has always settled whatever that He's done with Israel. He said, you go, you take it. You remember, and, and you see, the, 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 the paralyzation of this thing is so deep and it's so stunning that we stand in this hour and the time when there will be the prophet will go back to Israel and they will come to the prophet, just as they did with Samuel, and say, look, what, when should we attack? Pray to God and ask God how this thing's going to come out and if there's anything that we should do. Folks, Israel is going to return right back to where Israel was at with all of that. The prophet's going to begin to tell Israel, yes, you do, no, you don't. This is going to happen. You do that. This is going to happen and take place. Now, now we are entering into that time. But when you come back to the other side of the church, what is the church doing to prepare the people for this plague? Let me tell you what they're doing. Well, now, you're saved. And the blood of Jesus is going to cover you. That's what they're being told. Now, I just went through a few minutes ago with you about the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus Christ, Yeshua, is not going to save you from this plague. You can plead that blood, bless God, until they take you and put you in the ground and put dirt on top of you if you're able to do it past the time of giving up the ghost, which you won't be able to in the flesh. And it's still not going to do anything for you or your family. So what, what is the church going to be? I'm going to tell you where the church is going to be. When this plague comes, and it goes. And I've said before, and I'm going to say again, I believe that I will fast and pray during the plague, and the Lord God's going to tell me to stand and prophesy and, and, and cause that plague to stand. 
and, and, and it'll end at that point in time. And, you're, and you'll hear that. You'll hear that from this prophet when the time comes. If God lets me do it, and I believe that he will let me do it, why shouldn't he let me do it? He gave me the, he gave me the vision to see the thing coming. He's given me the provision for the people to escape it. Why wouldn't he be able to give me the, give me the, 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 the sign or give me the vision to stay the plague? He'll do that. But what's the church? After this happens, there is going to be... Listen to me closely as I prophesy to you. There will then become a great falling away. That's when it's going to take place. You know, I said before the son of, man, the son of perdition can be revealed, there will be first a, what? a great falling away. We've never been told what that falling away is, have we? You've heard it this night from this prophet of God. The falling away is going to come over this plague. And they're going to look and they're not going to have faith any longer in what the church has told them. And there's going to be a great falling away. Are they going to come our direction? Some of them will. Uh, the, the problem is going to be that this scares them. And the reason it scares them, you've got to know this with a rahat. Let me say this again. You have to know what we're doing by the Rahakadish, the Holy Ghost. That is the only way you're going to know what I'm doing, what you're doing, that are serving the Lord God in this capacity. It cannot be. See, again, we're not dealing with flesh and blood. We are dealing with spirit to spirit. God's spirit to man's spirit. God said, you will worship me in spirit and in truth. And that's what God said. Now we're at a time where God is now demanding us, ask the church, if you want to call ourselves that. I am going back to believe that we're going to start calling ourselves Hebrews. We're going to start calling ourselves believers. We're going to start calling ourselves children of God. Because I'm going to tell you at this point in time, I'm not real sure that I want to be identified with the church. Because the church is out here, and they have shot off a lot of hot air for a number of centuries, and now when it comes push to shove, the church cannot produce. And the church is not producing what it is that the people is going to have to have to come through the greatest plague that's ever come on the face of this earth. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm smart enough to understand something. That if I'm out here sitting in a church, this plague comes, and the preacher keeps standing there saying, Just plead the blood of Jesus now. Now, you're covered by the blood now. The 91st Psalm, no plague will come nigh dwelling, and I bury my family. You know whose door I'm going to go beating on? I'm going to go up there, and I'm going to see that pastor, and if he's, not, if, if he's fortunate, I won't poke him in the out. Why? Because I'm going to tell you something, folks. The church is having to lie to the people. Why? Because the church doesn't know what to do. And they won't turn to the prophets because they believe that there are no real prophets. And the only prophets that they want are saying, peace, peace. Everything will be tomorrow as it is today. That's what they want. They don't want the prophets that will stand in righteousness. They don't want the prophets that will stand and speak the truth. They don't want that. Bless God. No, no. They, they want smooth things spoke to them. Oh, I see you. Oh, I see you out here making a million dollars in the lottery. I see you, sister, over here, bless God, raising the dead in the name of Jesus. Well, that's fine and dandy, folks, and all that might happen. I have no idea, but I'm going to tell you what is going to happen. This plague's are coming. And because this plague's coming, millions upon millions upon millions of people are going to die. And the church isn't going to be able to do anything about it. Because the church is not willing to sit down and unlearn some things to learn what they need to know. So it goes on to say here, he says... 
The eighth verse, And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of the Lamb of life, slain for the foundation of the world. If any man hath an ear, let him hear. Now, you know, we've been through this before. And let me touch it again. When I did the thing about ears to hear, I got into this. Not this particular place in Scripture. But, you know, when the, when the, when the disciples came to the Lord Yeshua, and he was always speaking to them parables. And, and, and can you imagine how that crowd must have sat there and looked at Yeshua, and, and he's up there doing these parables, and they're going, what does that mean? And folks, that's all they could have done. They didn't know what it meant. They didn't have the focused idea what they meant unless he interpreted and told them what he meant. And finally they came to him and said, Yeshua, we don't understand. He said, what, what are you doing? And he said, because it's not given unto them to know, but unto you it has been given to know. To be able to have ears to hear, but unto them it's not given. That's where you and I stand. And I'm going to tell you something. That is what the difference in all this is. Those of us that have ears to hear are going to be able to understand this thing. Now, I want to jump on down here and, 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 and bless God, go down here in the 15th verse then. And it says, And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should uh, both speak and cause as many as would, be, would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. Now, th th this is where we're going to get into, and we're going to go back, and I'm going to show you the fulfillment in the 24th uh, chapter of Matthew. What, what we have to realize that there's unfolding here is the fact, and on back up in here, too, there was something else I probably need to, to, to uh, get to. Let's see if I can find it. Uh, uh, 13th verse, And he doeth great wonders, so that he maketh far come down from heaven and earth and sight of men, and deceiveth them that are on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of, of the beast saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image unto the beast which had a wound by a sword and, and did live. So he's going to do what we call lying signs and wonders. But again, folks, the problem, I'm going to tell you what the problem is going to be. The prophets are also going to be doing signs and wonders. God brought me for, through 30 years of teaching me to give signs, to give wonders. And I know that. Steve and I have talked. Stephen could come up here because Stephen, Stephen has been with me and, and he has seen. I told him, Stephen, about the time we went up on the north end and we, we, we got up there and I beat the rock and the rain came and there wasn't no storm clouds. And we got off the mountain, off the mountain, we started back and Stephen pulled the car over and Stephen said to me, he said, it was just like a dream, like it, it, I know it happened, but it's like it was a dream. And I said, Stephen, that's the way all this is. It's the way it always has been. It's the way it always will be. We have to understand. So you're going to have the prophets of God, of the living God, Yahweh, bringing fire from heaven down. All right. Then you're going to have uh, the Antichrist over here bringing fire from heaven down. Now, who are you going to believe and how are you going to know? Again, it's very simple. They blaspheme. He's going to blaspheme the living God. He's going to blaspheme the temple. He's going to blaspheme the people of God. He's going to be, begin to kill everybody that believes in God. He is going to overcome the saints. He's going to kill the saints. There is going to be the greatest martyrdom that's ever happened or ever dreamed to happen on the face of this earth. But, but I'm going to tell you something. Rejoice for the day that we live in. We live in a time of absolute great expectations of our God. And God's going to fulfill that. Now, when you get down here, you'll see that, that he says down here, uh, that, uh, give life and should not speak to... Uh, let's see, let me get 15 again. And he that power to give life into the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and call 
caused that as many that would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. 16. And he causeth all, both small and great and rich, poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand and in the six. Now, we're not going to get into numerology, and I don't want you, you probably didn't even need to read that last, because I want you to focus in and understand that the, the Antichrist being set up at, by the false prophet, and he's going to come, and he's now going to get himself in a position that he's going to cause everybody to worship him. If you don't worship him, you're going to die, okay? There, then there will be laws that will be passed at that point in time by his organization that will say just that, you either bow down and worship me. But now didn't 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 Daniel get into somewhat the same thing? Of course he did. That ever you know that they, every time they heard all this music they were to bow down to the, and they refused to bow down, didn't they? Now let's talk for a moment about the miraculous. Was Daniel a man of miracles? Yes he was a man of miracles. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were people of miracles. And when those three boys said it would be better for us O king, that you throw us in that fiery furnace than for us to do what? To bow down to somebody other than Yahweh. Now, how did they know that they were going to survive that? Did they, had they read the book? No, they wrote that portion of the book. They had no more idea of that than you and I sitting here tonight. That they, they just figured they were going to die. You know that's what they figured. They heated that furnace up, the Bible says, seven times hotter than they ever did. In fact, the fellows that took them up to throw them in, they died from the heat. And they got up in there and they looked down and they saw one like unto the Son of God. Son of Man, I think the Bible actually says. Down there in the midst of that fire. And, and bless God, they jumped in, they come out, they weren't burnt, there wasn't even smoke kindled on their clothes. Now, folks, is that the miraculous? That is, and that, well, that was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Brother Deckard. I mean, come on. No, no, what you've got to understand is they were flesh and blood, they were children of the Almighty God, and they preferred to trust Him instead of trusting the King, O Nebuchadnezzar. Now, we are filing and bringing ourselves into the same positions today that they were in. See, this book was given to us for examples. So we could draw from this and we could read this and say, look, if God is no respecter of persons, if God did this for one group, then God will do this for anybody. Amen? That's exactly what he's, he's getting across to us. And this book is full from the front to the end of this book of miracles, the miraculous. And you and I are going to have to come to that point, that place, and that time of understanding that we must walk in it. There isn't any options here, brothers and sisters. There's no way out from around this. We must understand what God is wanting from us, and we're going to have to do what? We're going to have to perform it. Or what? We are going to end up with all the rest. Now, now you notice he lumped the word saints. The, or, uh, the word saints is lumped together with those that believe, those that think they believe, and those that really don't believe at all. Those that call themselves Christians. Those that call themselves children of God. Now, let me ask you something. Do the Jews call themselves children of God? Sure they do. So they're in that. So we are all lumped together into that when it said saints over there in that, in that uh, particular um, uh, piece of Scripture that we read before in the seventh verse of that same chapter. But we are there, and we're getting there. Now, turn with me in Matthew, in Matthew 24, because I want to, uh, I want to uh, take you there and show you how this ties in. 
as to what was being said. Because once we get down into this, into 24 here a ways, and as I, as I took you, and I'm going to start, I'm not going to, I'm not going to come down through this, uh, the first seven verses of 24, I'm going to start where God has actually began with me from that, that uh, tsunami, when he said, all these are the beginning of sorrows. And you went back above that, and you read that, but we are now in that place of sorrows, and it's going to be one sorrow after another sorrow after another sorrow after another sorrow. That's what I prophesied, and that's what you're seeing come to pass, and that's what you're going to continue to see come to pass. I don't see lying ahead for the rest of the time on the face of this earth anything but sorrows. God has not given me any indication at all as a prophet that there's going to be any more good times, times like we had in the 50s. Sam, the 60s, all right? Times when things seemed to be carefree, and, and bless God, it seemed that everything was okay, and everybody was good, kind-hearted people trying to just to be most of the place. Oh, a few bag, bad eggs in every bunch, but bless God, for the most part, everything was okay. But look what we've got today in 2005, coming 2006. Boy, you can't trust the neighbor, you can't trust the people down the street, you can't trust people in your own family anymore, can you? What's happened? The Bible says right here, and we're going to read it in just a minute. And they, now listen, and the ninth verse, Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. And many saw false prophets shall rise, and shall deceive many. Now, I want to stop there because that is what ties into that, that, those, uh, that scripture that we came out of the book of Revelation with. That there is going to be laws that are going to pass. There are going to be, there are going to be bounties. There are going to be a bounty put upon our heads. And they're actually going to say, look, if you turn people in that you know is out here, you know, doing the commandments and keeping the testimony of Jesus, then what you need to do is contact us and we'll give you $500 and we'll take it from there. And I'm going to tell you what, family's going to turn in families. Neighbors are going to turn you in. Uh, people down the road's going to turn you in. Why? Because they're after the money. They don't, you know, they, they, don't, they don't care that they're going to take the mark, and they know they're going to take the mark, and bless God, so they can buy and sell, so all they're going to want the money. Now, what does he say? And he said, they shall betray one another, they'll hate one another, and, and, and they'll be hate, and, and he said, iniquity, now look at the 12th verse, and because iniquity shall abound, iniquity is what? Sin, the love of many shall wax, and that means grow cold. And that's what we have, are going to see during that time. The love of many is going to, and, and folks, let me tell you what always happens in the spirit realm. In order, in order for this, this coming, this coming place that we're coming to in the nations of the world at this time, that is written here, that we're reading here, had to come first, it had to be set into the spirit realm, and then it had to be acted out into the flesh realm. That's all things are done and always have been done by God. Now, we are now at a place in time where we've got mothers that are throwing their children off of the ends of docks and drowning them. You know, just like we saw here just a few weeks ago on national TV. Uh, mothers that are killing their children. We've got, we've got fathers that are killing the whole family. We've got uh, uh, one thing after another, after another, after another, after another, after another, after another. There's no love anymore. Bless God, I'm going to tell you, people don't get married to stay married. People just get married to, to, to have sex and, and, and bless God, to, uh, and to do whatever they do. And if it doesn't work out, you just get divorced. I mean, that's just bang. It's over. It, you just quit. 
There's no love anymore. Why? Because God has taken it. When God took peace off this earth, back in whatever the year that was that I prophesied, I don't remember now, I think it was 94, 96, somewhere in there. When God said, I've now taken the peace off this earth, that began this whole uh, correlation, if you will, with the, with the Scriptures beginning to, to, to rotate, to begin to do what's being done now. Because now, but with peace gone, there can't be any love. There, and then there isn't any love. People don't have love. People don't have peace. People are upset about this or upset about that. And I'm going to tell you something. And I've had, I've told my own family the same thing. Until you find the peace of the Lord Yeshua and get that peace inside of you and know that you know that you know that you know it doesn't make a bit of difference whether you live or you die. You belong to Him. You'll make it. And if you can't get that, you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. Why? Because we have to know who we are in Him. We're going to have to know, folks. Now, so what, what we have here is that He goes on to say this, and, and of course then He goes on to say, But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Now, now why would He say that those that endure unto the end? Now, folks, you're either going to take the mark... And we didn't get to that, and I'm just going to, you know, we'll just talk about that. I, I know that anybody that's educated at all in the Scriptures knows that when that mark of the beast comes, if you take that mark, you are going to burn in hell for eternity. And it doesn't make any difference if you've been to the first church of the righteous all your life, you take the mark, you're going to die eternally. It's over. That, again, sets us apart from any other generation that's ever been on the face of this earth. That's what's dangerous about this time, these times. And, and, and the danger part of it is that people don't seem to want to sit down and try to understand it. Why? Because, listen to me, because the preachers have got them brainwashed into the fact that they are going to not be here, don't worry about it, so don't face it. God help those preachers. Because the thing that he's, Jesus, Yeshua, said up there in that fourth verse, Take heed that no man deceive you. And they have sadly been deceived. I got a phone call this week from a brother, and the brother said to me, he said, Well, you know, uh, uh, I think I found another brother that's an apostle. And he said, uh, uh, you know, he said, uh, you may want to check out his website and everything. And, and I said, well, I, I, I would. And he gave me the, the, and I read down through there and said something about the, the rapture. And he called me the next day and about him believing in, in the rapture. And the next day he called me and he said, what do you think about that? And I said, I'll tell you right now. I said, there aren't any true apostles or true prophets that ever believe the rapture. Did you ever believe that, Sam? Did you ever believe that? Never did, did you? I mean, we, I was sat in church where they, you know, I was trying to believe it. I mean, dear God in heaven, that sounded like a good deal to me. My old spirit say, no, no, that's not going to happen. No, don't you get tied up in that now. No, don't, no, no, don't, don't let that take, don't, don't let that happen to you. But the fact of the matter is, we didn't swallow the hook, line, and sinker, did we? As we grew in the, in, 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 uh, by the Rahakadish, by the word of Yeshua Himself, then, then we began to put all these pieces together and we began to sit there and shake our heads and go, and there's no way that's going to happen. And then the preacher just kept saying, Oh, you're a false prophet, and you're this, and you're that, and you're gloomer, doomer, get out of here. But the fact of it is, it's not going to happen. But that's where the dangers are at. And, and if they take that mark, you know, they're, they're going to be in trouble. But he says, if you endure to the end, you're going to be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. Then it's going to come. 
And, and it goes on down in, and, and you need to go down into what? Now, let me go to the 18th verse. You let him, no, I don't need to go to the 18th verse. Where am I trying to go to? 22nd verse. And it says, uh, 20 to 21. 20 verse. I'll get it in a minute. Let's go to 20. But pray ye that your flight be not in winter, neither on the Sabbath day. Now, why would that be in there? Why would Yeshua Jesus... Now, we believe that He didn't keep any of the law. Okay, we, we believe that. Read, by the way, go when you go home tonight, read, be sure to read John, the seventh chapter, and begin to read about the great uh, Feast of Tabernacles in which uh, Jesus and Yeshua, being Jesus, and the disciples kept. Be sure to read. read. Now, now, if He didn't believe in all this, why would He have said, why would He be worried about any of us uh, having to do what on the Sabbath day? Uh, why would He say that? Well, you know why he said that, because bless God, that's what he meant. And he says, For then shall be great tribulation, such as not since since the beginning of the world, to this time, nor no, nor ever will be. And except those days should be shortened. There should no flesh be saved, but for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Now, we are the elect, the elect's sake, are, are the people that are going to believe in both the keeping of the commandments and, uh, and uh, the witness of Yeshua himself. Those are the, that's the very elect. Uh, the believers are going to be in turmoil, and it's only going to be those of us that are there walking into those places of the elect's sake that's going to be able to understand that. Uh, let's go, let's go to, to Matthew 10. Matthew 10. And I want to read a couple of scriptures here before I quit. Matthew 10. Uh, the fifth verse. And it says here, These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go ye into the way of the Gentiles, uh, go not in the way of Gentiles, and in any city of the Samaritans enter ye not. But go rather unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel, who is that? Ephraim. And as ye go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. He says, Heal the sick, cleanse the leopard, raise the dead, cast out devils, freely you have received, freely give. That's what he's telling us, right? He says, Provide neither gold nor silver, and he goes through all that, and he goes down to the place to the way you salute the house, and if the house doesn't receive you, then knock the dust off your feet, and it'll be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah than the, the, for that house and those people. The 16th verse says, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as servants and harmless as doves. But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to the councils, and they will scourge you in their synagogues. And you shall be brought before governors and kings for my name's sake, or for my sake, for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. Now, this is an important piece of, of, of Scripture. You're going to be brought up for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. Now, the testimony that we have is very simple, isn't it? That we are children of God. We keep the commandments, the testimony of Yeshua. But when they deliver you up, take no thought, you know, because he's going to give that all to you. 21 says, It is not ye that speak, but the Spirit of your Father which speaketh in you. And that's very important to get a hold of. We have to understand that God takes over. Now, when does God take us over? We're going to, we're going to study that in some pretty decent depth here uh, next week or whenever I get to the, those, those uh, sets of Scriptures here. Uh, you've got to understand that the Spirit of God takes us over when the anointing of God is upon us. Now, how do you bring the anointing of God upon you? You do it through prayer, through praise, through worship, 
and you bring the anointing upon you. Now, that's the reason why, again, it ain't going to happen to the folks that don't ever seem to get around to praying, worshiping, fasting, and, and, and praising God. Because why? If they don't know how to do it now, they're not going to know how to do it then. And, you know, I, I said something, and somebody said something to me uh, in the meeting I was in a, a couple weeks back, and they said to me, said, well, Brother Deckard, you know, maybe maybe you should do a, a seminar on, on fasting and prayer. Maybe you maybe you need to do that. And I looked at him. I said, I'm going to tell you something, brother. I need to do a lot of seminars, not just about fasting and prayer. I need to do a lot of seminars to teach the people exactly what type what type of fasting and prayer it's going to take to come through these things. The the, the miraculous of which we're beginning to teach you here tonight to begin to get you to understand. We are going to live in the miraculous. To live there, you're going to have to understand how to get there. It just doesn't happen because. You're standing out there on a street corner and on your toes looking around saying, Well, now, Jesus, now just go ahead and save me now. Here comes a building falling down on me. No, it doesn't happen that way. You have to be prepared and you've got to be ready. It's like I said about going to war. You've got to know who, who the enemy is. You've got to understand what their tactics are. You know, now that was another thing I told the guy. What, what the church really needs and what the, the believers, the Messianic believers today need to have a good course in spiritual warfare. To understand what this thing is all about, you've got to understand how to win. Bless God, it isn't a matter of coming out even. It isn't a fact of just escaping. We're talking about cutting the devil's head off, standing on his chest, and bless God, and pronouncing the name of the Lord God as you as the victor. And that's what this is about. Now, as this goes on down through here, he goes on to, he goes on to say some things here. Uh, uh, the sparrows, and he talks about in the 29th verse, he said, look, he said, you know, you're more important than they are. The 31st verse says, Fear ye not, therefore ye are of more value than many sparrows. Moreover, therefore shall confess, therefore shall, whosoever, I'm sorry, therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess before thy, my Father, which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father, which is in heaven. Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I, I, I came not to send peace, but a sword. And that's important to understand. He came to bring a sword. He came, and listen, he goes on down through here. I am come to set a man at variance against his father. Now, now listen now. Does that sound like the love of Jesus, the church preaches? And the daughter against the mother, and the daughter-in-law against the mother-in-law, and a man's foes shall be they of his own household. His man's enemy is going to be his own, his own children. Right in his own household. Now listen. He that loveth father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son and daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall, uh, shall lose it. And he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. Now that all sounds crazy, doesn't it? But you've got to understand something. That's exactly the way in which God does things. Now... He that receiveth you receiveth me, and he that receiveth me uh, 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 receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. He that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he that receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whosoever shall drink, uh, give to drink to one of the little ones a cup of cold water only in the name of a disciple, verily I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. So the fact of it is that we're going to be 
We're going to be wise. We're going to, we're going to walk in the things that God tells us to walk in. And we've got to understand that we're coming into a time, again, the time in which he talked, the church has never, never realized how, how we're going to have uh, the daughter against the mother, the son against the father. Those things we, we have never we have never come down to understand and that that's really that's really what is taking place right now. The battle lines are yeah, and, and I know Donna remembers remembers very well that the day that I stood in the holy place and I prophesied and I told the people I said there is now becoming I'm talking folks back in what ninety two ninety ninety two I said folks are now coming a great attack against the families and it's going to end up being right here. Right here in where I read to you in, in 24 of Matthew, and right here in these set of scriptures. And I said, we have to intercede as we've never interceded before for our families, because it's going to happen, because the powers of darkness are moving in and begin to do the things within the, within the homes. And what happened? Just exactly that. Let's look at Matthew 19, and then I plan on stopping there for this session. 19, 23. Then Jesus said unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you, that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. Must be tough for rich folks. Are we the richest people on the face of this earth? You bet we are. America is that. And again I say unto you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Now the eye of the needle was the little door that was placed within the great big doors there in the gates uh, around Jerusalem. And that little door was, was so small that it was there so that if somebody was there come late when the gates were shut, they couldn't get in. Uh, they had a little door that they would let them in. And a man, when it opened, was just enough that a man had to get down like this to go through it. Now, you can imagine what it would be like for a camel. So, and that was called the eye of, a need, of the needle. And so you can imagine what it must have been like, the thought when he made this announcement, and he said it would be easier for, for the camel to go through that than for a, a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. We must be careful, must we? When his disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed, saying, Who then can be saved? But Jesus beheld them and said unto them with men, This is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. The key is to understand within man, within you and I, we do not have the capability of doing anything. That's the reason when I teach healing, it's so important for people to understand, I'm not a healer, you're not a healer. It, uh, healing is supernatural. It, it's something that happens over into another realm. And we don't use medicine. We don't use knives. We don't use this. We don't use that. What we do is use the name of Yeshua, and we speak, and we do however it is by faith through His name. It's by the anointing through His name. It's by the faith in His Word through His name. But that's the way people are supernaturally healed. So so that is people that, that have been around uh, supernatural ministry that, that operates by the Rahakodesh in those areas, then bless God, they can, they can very easily begin to understand that is touching or walking over into the miraculous realm. Because that, is, you know, that, that, isn't, uh, that isn't anything like what we know healing to be. I mean, let's face it, folks, the, the, to be healed of cancer, you've got to go have an operation, you've got to go through chemo, you've got to go through radiation, you've got to go through all this stuff, unless there's somebody that can can contact 
this into the supernatural realm and get this thing done through the name of Yeshua. And then all of a sudden what? No knives, no radiation, no, no, no chemo. And all of a sudden it disappears and you're whole. And you're going, how did that happen? Well, see, that happened because with God, all things are possible. Now, now with, with man, it's not possible. And that's the reason we've, we've got to teach the, teach the church. We've got to teach the believers that they're going to have to move over into the miraculous and, and, and learn to believe God. Because that's all we're going to have. We're, we're not going to be afforded the opportunity to go down through, through this thing saying, well, one day I believe God, and well, I don't know it's going to work, and I think it'll work, but maybe it won't work, and maybe it's not going to work. That's not going to get it.